Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted to spend this hour with you. Today, we are going to be talking about how your story must outlast the opposition. And it doesn't matter if you are a writer or if you're working with the story of your life and how it is unfolding. Your story has to stand a test in time. And in other words, it has to stand up to the challenges and the opposition. Everyone deals with the challenge of facing oppositions. Don't think that it is just you. And during this holiday season, I want to welcome you to think about the things that are working in your life and the things that you want to see carry into the new year. This is a time in which you can plan out everything everything that you are willing to commit to. And it doesn't always mean that your plan is going to go exactly that way. But what it means is that you allowed yourself to have a template for your stories that you're writing and for the story of your life. And from there, you move forward. The beautiful thing about working with students is that They always come with some big yeses in their life, big things that they want to see happen. And they also show up with some no's, some things that they say, this this just isn't going to work for me anymore. And you might think, you know, that's a lot of how my life is. There's some things I really, really want to claim even more, but there's also some things that I'm not willing to keep battling with. I'm not willing to keep fighting with. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. I was a writing professor of English for over 20 years. The first nine years before those 20 even began, I was a writing tutor. And so I got to work with students that had essays that they had to turn in for their classes And they were on so many different topics, but really so many different values and things we just go through in the world. And they needed help with their writing, but what I really found was they needed to be brought back to their their core values so that they could come up with the language to articulate what it was they really wanted to say in their essay. As you can imagine, we only get a few shots in a a writing class to impress upon our teachers what we really want to say. So in those nine years that I was working with students, I was finding out that some people had strong yeses in their life. In other words, there were things that they were willing to do no matter what sort of opposition got in their way. But they also had strong no's. There were things they were not willing to tolerate. So we're going to get into stories about this and really clarify 
what this could look like for you as you are closing down 2019 and opening up and stepping into 2020, which I like to think of as the year of clear vision, the year of our real clarity. And one of the beautiful ways to step into it is to know what are going to be some of the big yeses that you claim in your life and what are going to be some of the no's that you're not willing to stand for anymore, that you're not willing to put up with and that you would like to have transformation beyond so that you're really living from a place of presence and the words and the communication that you offer out in the world is from the real you. Today I've brought in stories from my students, from people that I've worked with that are writing their books, And my hope is that this will support you on your journey where you come up against opposition because it is your goal to outlast it and to have the strategies to move beyond it. It is never your goal ever to turn around and go home and to claim defeat or to say, this was just something I tried out. It wasn't something that I really ended up carrying on for long. Unless, of course, you planned a little trial period. You took on a small business partnership so that you could move forward into something bigger, better, and more of a full-flavored yes in your life. You might wonder, where did I get this idea to do a Big yes. Wow. Sorry, I needed a little water. I was in a mastermind course last year, and it was with the author and speaker and published writer through Hay House. His name is Robert Holden. And I asked him to be my writing coach, let alone the mastermind mindset coach. Because I just felt like I was at a point with my writing where I wasn't outlasting certain oppositions by myself. I really wanted someone to stand alongside of me and remind me of my personal power and remind me when I wasn't turning toward a higher power to lead me deeper into strategies so that I could withstand opposition. So let's just call out what a few things might be that show up in our life as challenge or opposition. We're going to work first with just our life stories and then move over to more of our our writing stories and where opposition might be there. So you might be familiar with opposition and challenge when injury just all of a sudden one day knocked you down, showed up in your life, bam, you have an injury, and bam, the next three months, three seasons, three years didn't go as you expected because you had to outlast that injury. What about financial expense? 
I had um, I had the sweetest kitty cat for almost two years. And while I knew certain financial expense would come with her, such as, you know, making sure she was fed and keeping up on her vaccinations, I, I budgeted all that in. I even budgeted in one veterinary visit per year. Uh, what I didn't expect was what would happen if she got sick? What would happen if she needed surgery? an emergency surgery. And that's what what happened with this kitty. All of a sudden, there was financial opposition. And I didn't see it as a bad thing, but I did see it as something that I must meet. I must show up for this. And we must move forward because this is the kitty's life and this is my companion. Did I expect it? No but I was determined to outlast it. And you might have opposition financially too with your home, your kids, your car, your health. There's all sorts of ways. Might even be your career. This might have been a year where you experienced a layoff. Financial opposition is one of the biggies that almost none of us escape. It happens once or twice or even more in our lives, and we must meet it because we want to outlast it. Now, here's one that you might not think of, but when you're just moving along in the story of your life, getting up every day, doing what you're best at, living with people you love, meeting the needs of your day, you might not think that gossip can be a terrible opposition to deal with. And yet, let me tell you, when all of a sudden I have had to come face to face with a gossip story or something shameful or something that scared me where people were talking and maybe they were even just joking, but... I now knew I was the center of gossip. Wow, that can really take you down. can also be very surprising if you decide to engage deeply in gossip about others because, at least it's been my experience, when I have played on that low frequency, it's come back to get me. Somehow I have had to go through a learning experience that gossip is not part of my showing up and living in my truth story. It's not there at all. Gossip is something that will eventually take me down. And it might start by taking down someone that I think I have opposition with, but eventually it comes back and takes a nice big bite out of me. So we might not think of gossip as a challenge or an opposition. But then again, if we think back over our life stories, ooh, I bet you there's some area of fear and shame where gossip was the real root cause of some sort of opposition. What about the notion of competition or jealousy? 
Have you ever run into this with anyone? I certainly have. I've been on both sides of it. I've been the jealous one, and I've been the one that was jealous of. And neither side is is one that you want to be on, but it's one we find ourselves on over and over again until we decide, I'm going to outlast this. I'm going to find ways where I can make a bigger yes to what really matters in my life and a bigger no to what I won't stand for. The things that challenge us and the things that oppose us can't bite at us as much or even at all anymore if we're really strong about what is the critical yes in our life and what are the critical no's. I won't have that in my life anymore. I want you to be thinking about this. So far, we're just talking about the story of your life. But you know, if you are a writer, that opposition and challenge comes up in the areas where you write. Because maybe it's when you can't figure out what the next thing is that you need to be writing about. You feel like your creativity is just blocked off from you, that you don't have an open door to it. That's an opposition. That's a challenge that you have to endure. What about the notion of you wake up and the night before you plan to have a great writing day, but you wake up and you feel like your ideas are all dried up? Now what? What about those times when you set up your schedule so well And by the end of the day, you have completely run out of time to write that blog post that you said you would do before you went to bed. You know that if you put it off and you have two to do the next day, that's just going to give you stress. That opposition, that challenge, is something you know you want to outlast. What about when your editor is taking too long And you're feeling like you can't outstand this waiting period. What about when your agent doesn't call you back? What about when you feel an extraordinary challenge because the emotions in your story have really got you down or they're really challenging you to come up with the words to be truly expressive or to give your character or even your own self, a real honest-to-goodness speaking position of what it is you truly want to say. These are all opposition, and you know there are more, that you come up with any time you are writing. So I want you to just kind of lean in today to the notion that opposition and challenge is normal. Absolutely. But what we have to do, whether we are writing or whether we are just creating the story of our life, which is a big demand, we have to commit to making it through those challenging times. And I want to suggest that we do this by having a strong sense of yes in our life and a strong sense of no, the things we won't tolerate anymore. 
I'm going to take a quick break right now. But when I come back, I'm going to be getting into some strategy and sharing more story with you so that you can feel confident dealing with the challenges and oppositions of your story. Stay tuned, my friends. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who... Worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone... Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals but I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp. That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just joining me, I am your host, Coach Debbie, for Story You Talk Radio, which airs at 4 o'clock every Thursday on KKNW and 6 a.m. starting on December 6th, 2019, 6 a.m. for your drive into work on Friday mornings. So I'm really excited that that was offered my way, and I hope these shows are inspiring to you so that you are showing up with a stronger yes in your life as you lead the story of your life or those things that you are currently writing. I am a writing coach here in the Seattle area. I worked for over 25 years as a writing teacher and a college professor in the Shoreline and Seattle colleges area. And one of the things I really came to discover during my career was how much I loved working with students and helping people develop their stories. And another thing I came to understand was how much I couldn't stand the politics (laughs) and that it was very, very hard for me to outlast that. I did a pretty good job for about 25 years, but there was a point in which I realized that I had said yes for a very long time to teaching college writers, and it was time to say no 
in that capacity. And by saying no in that capacity, it opened up a new yes of, yes, I want to teach story writing. Yes, I want to work with memoir. Yes, I want to help people develop their brands, their blogs. Yes, I want to work with adults. But no, I don't want to be in a system that is politically oriented as the college was. Not because it's bad, but because I grew weary. But I got to tell you, for over two decades, I outlasted a lot of challenges, a lot of opposition, a lot of jealousy, a lot of gossip, a lot of competition, a lot of financial deprivation. I even outlasted certain injury, emotional, personal, and physical. I, I withstood a, a lot of fear. I came face to face with my own writer's voice. I, I learned so much about public speaking. I am grateful for that time that I was with the college. Grateful. But at one point, what I came to understand was that part of outlasting all that opposition and all of that challenge and feeling grateful for the gifts I had was to now claim the new no. The new no was, I'm not going to continue in this format. I'm going to move on to a new entrepreneurial format. And so offering Story You Talk Radio is part of my brand of Story You Coaching, Story You mentoring. I am a spiritual mentor. I offer Waldorf technologies as well as 12-step theories as well as great coaching ideas from some of the best authors that I could find to study from. I also have a background in metaphysics and as you can guess, I studied fiction writing and memoir writing and mythology for a very long time. And one day I brought all of this together because that's my big yes, is creating my own brand where I can offer my very best. So that's what I'm doing here. And I just want to thank you for joining me. You can always text in a question to my Facebook page, which is Coach Debbie, and it's spelled D-E-B-B-Y. You can go to my personal Facebook page, which is Debbie Handrich. It's D-E-B-B-Y. And Handrich is just like it sounds. H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. If you go, you can put um, a personal message on the back end, or you can comment on any of the prompts I have going on. I do have an Instagram account, but I don't use it for this purpose. So let's move into strategy. What are some strategies when you are facing opposition and facing challenges that come your way? How might you 
how might you operate from a strategic point of view and from a really clear yes voice instead of just, well, as some of us say, hope for the best. I don't think it's a bad thing to hope for the best, but I think if you want the best, it's probably a good idea to have a little strategy on your side. I often say that strategy starts with promising and working with yourself. What kind of promise can you make to yourself? One promise that I make over and over again is that I will not fight with the competitor. Instead, I will outlast the competitor. And if I can't outlast the competitor, then what I might just do is go the other way, which is deeper into my brand. So let's come back. What does this mean? I will not fight my competitor means when someone comes face to face and just starts poking at me, picking at me, wanting to get me down, wanting to make their bad day my bad day, I'm not going to go into fight. In fact, I might just pull up a simple word like, oh, okay, while they are trying to take me down. Or I might say, hmm, that's interesting. But I will not give in to the challenge of, I mean, think right now of how how fencing works, how you draw your, is that a sword? It looks like a sword. And the whole idea is to jab <laughs> and kill off the competitor, right? I'm not going to play like that. And... The reason that I would prefer to outlast my competitor by saying, yeah, okay, or hmm, that's interesting, and turn the other way and go back in my day, the reason why I find this to be a good strategy is because I don't need to give my energy away. And that's often what we do when we're face-to-face with a competitor, or someone who is jealous, someone who can't stand that we are on a stage that is similar to the one they're on. Those people are often wanting to share their bad day with us, and it's possible that subconsciously they're hoping that we'll take on the bad day so they won't have to carry it anymore. But I'm not willing to do that. I was willing to do it for about 45 years. And I'm not kidding. I didn't know better than to fight back. I didn't know better than to go away crying and looking for someone to fight for me. I was very much about the fight, whether I was doing it or whether I was employing others in some way to do it for me. But I had to, at some point, when my life got really difficult, really difficult, to ask myself, is this really working for me? Am I really claiming a high yes? Am I saying no? And the answer was, I wasn't saying no. 
I was claiming a low-level yes. I really didn't have a sense of no or a sense of you have come across my boundary. I can't let you do that. Here's an example of one time and just the story of life where I had to face a competitor and it was very, very uncomfortable, but I outlasted it. And I did it because I was not willing to fight. Someone came to me and I didn't, you've heard of the term trolling or stalking. And I I think those are sometimes big words, but uh, a person came to me and seemingly she wanted my services as a writing coach, but she didn't really. She was a writing coach. So she was trying to find out what I'm up to and what I do and how I do it well. But in the, in the discovery call of, you know, pretending that she's someone that wants to hire me and wants to get her book into the world and wants to lean into my mentorship, I just found that her questions were, mm, they were so much about how I run my business and so much less about how I would serve her and her book in the world. So after, after answering a certain number of these questions, I started to turn on her and ask her several questions. Like, I would really like to know how to serve you. So tell me a little bit about your book. And then I would say, tell me if this is a, a fiction or nonfiction book. And then I asked her to tell me a little bit about chapter one. And the more I developed my questions to get to know her, I became very confused and realized she had, she had no real book in her. Well, to make this into a shorter story, I'll just tell you, I didn't catch on during the call what she was up to. But later on, hmm several months perhaps, maybe a full year. I'm not quite sure. Later on, I discovered her on Facebook and it wasn't like I was looking for her. But I saw her name and I saw that she was a writing coach and I watched some of her YouTube videos and I thought, oh my goodness, I remember this woman and I she was up to a little something. So just out of curiosity, I went back and looked through my little Rolodex and I had her number and I just sent her an email and said it, you know, it's been a very long time since we spoke. And I just want to know if you found the help you're looking for, or if you would like to have a follow-up conversation. And she took me up on it and said she'd love a follow-up conversation. And seriously, we were just about three minutes into the call. I felt something sneaky. And so I just asked her point blank, can I ask you what you do for a living? And there was this pause. And she said, oh, 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 I'm, I'm a writer. That's what I do for a living. 
And I said, is it, is it possible that you too, uh, is it possible that you also offer coaching? And she hung up on me. <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, I, I didn't say it to, you know, create war. I, I only said it because I just wanted to put it to an end. But you know what? That probably to her felt like a real, um, I don't know, just a call to meet her in the boxing ring. Even though I thought I was being gentle. Even though I was going to let her off gracefully. And so what I found from that, that situation, because it was awkward, was that I, I knew what I wanted to do with my brand and my business. And so I felt okay asking her a question. But to be fair and to be sensitive to her, it might have just been better to just say, I don't think I can serve you, okay? And let it rest there that I knew what she was up to. And that's what I mean by outlasting the opposition, outlasting the competition, is that even though I didn't think I was competing with her, I was asking her a question that terrified her. So we, we have to outlast in such a way that we go home knowing I'm standing strong in the story of my life, or in the work I do as a writer. It is not our job to take someone down with brute force. It's not really our job to even gently kind of, kind of chisel away at the sculpture of, um, you know, just that big elephant in the room that seems a little awkward. It's, it's not really our business to do that. But it is our business to outstand any jealousy or competition that is coming our way and do it with grace and do it with the faith that we do not have to take on whatever it is they're going through. I mean, she was a young woman, new in her career, I wish all she had said was, I'm a young woman new in my career and I wanted to ask you some questions. If I hadn't been sniffing around and smelling so much competition, I might have been clear enough to even ask her that. You know, is there a way I can serve you as a new writing coach? Is there a question or two I could answer for you and then decline anymore? So... I bring up this story to just say that here I am feeling strong in my yes. I didn't hurt her. I didn't take her down. But I did find a way through a, an experience to claim a stronger yes. So we are going to go to our second break, and then I'm going to share with you stories from my students and maybe take a text from you. Stay tuned. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Kathy Cooper, and every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m., I'll be hosting Lost and Found. We'll be discussing all types of losses, but it's not going to be the doom and gloom hour. It'll be an hour of education, support, validation, and yes, we will have a little bit of humor. So won't you join me Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m., Lost and Found, because every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. Our veterans risked it all to protect our freedom. One of the best ways to say thank you is to volunteer to support them. At a time in history where kindness is a virtue, volunteering means a lot. For over 47 years, Help Heal Veterans, a not-for-profit organization with the support of citizens like you, have delivered therapy kits to veterans who need them. To volunteer or learn more, visit HealVets.org. That's HealVets.org. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are talking about those stories where we have to outlast our competition and outlast that oppressed feeling <laughs> that comes along when someone's jealous, when there is surprise, when there is negativity, all those difficult things. Do you all know the super coach Michael Neal? He once said this, and I inscribed it on my mirror with lipstick because I thought this was so helpful. He said, Everything that you think is true lies in the lines of your perceived possibility, but much more is possible. I'm going to read that again. Everything you think is true lines, lives in the p lines of your perceived possibility. But more is possible. In other words, anytime we think this is the best I can do, we have drawn a certain parameter around ourselves that we're not going to break out of. This is as much as I can do. But as soon as we change that story, more is possible. Right? More is always possible. But we have to change what we perceive. We have to change our story around it. And as I like to say, we have to change those things we promise to ourselves. Anytime we're going to outlast the competition, anytime we're going to outlast any injury, any sort of jealousy, any gossip, we have to find a way to move beyond those perceived lines of what we think is possible. We have to get beyond that. 
One thing a student wrote in to me once and said was, "I didn't know it would be so emotionally challenging to share my story. Maybe I'm just not ready for this." Well, I can understand feeling that way, but that again is something that we just perceive. If I tell myself I'm not emotionally ready for this, all of a sudden my world becomes small, and I find that emotionally ready, whatever that is, is a line I'm no longer going to pass. So anytime I'm feeling a little nervous, I'm going to stop writing because I'm not emotionally ready. Anytime I'm feeling a little oh、uh, fear. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I can't write anymore. Anytime I'm sweating,、uh, anytime I'm having insomnia, <laughs> all these reactions. That's when we're going to say, "I'm right. I'm not emotionally ready. I can't withstand this. The opposition's too big," and we turn away. But what we want to do is listen to Super Coach Michael Neal. We want to rewrite that narrative because more is always possible. We have to work with that more. So I'm going to give you a true story from one of my writers. She was writing her memoirs, and she is a gay woman who had to confront so many things because her mother was just a very Scared and angry and shut down woman, who was raised at a time when her own parents could not hear or witness her own diversity about being a lesbian, and so this mother grew up at a time where she felt very very alone, and when she gave birth to my. My client, who I would meet forty-some years later, she promised herself that she would not be like her parents. But according to my client, this mom turned out to be just like her parents. And one day, she became very, very sick, and it became very clear to my client. That if she was going to learn more about her angry, shut-down mother, she was going to have to go and talk to her now. So she discovered this story from talking to her. She discovered that the mother had always felt like she could do so much better than her parents and be so open-minded. And she found out that because they lived in a small town. And because it wasn't socially acceptable to be out of the closet, that she found herself being so much like the older generation. And now she was dying, and so she was sharing these stories with my client. So my client comes to me and says, "I have all these stories. I want to write these stories." And I want to get these on paper. Do I have to do it during my mother's life? Is there is there a rush to get this done? 
And I said, only if you want to rush, only if you feel that way. And she said, I just feel like my mother is full of stories. And every time I go to, to see her, she's telling me things I never knew before. I never had this relationship with her. And I said, but sh- your, your mother is dying. So the relationship with your mother has changed. What is at stake now is very different than what was at stake when you were growing up. And it's possible that less is at stake now. And she said, it is so emotionally hard to write all this down, to get it all down while she's still with me. And I said, you know, what's so important is that you see this emotion as a challenge and as an opposition, but that you promise yourself you're going to work with it. You're not going to see it as some false deadline you have. You're going to see it as an opportunity to keep talking to your mother and to give yourself time to process these stories. These are not easy things to do. In fact, that might be one of the hardest things my client ever did. But what she was doing was finding a way to make new promises to herself, new ways to outlast the opposition and challenge of feeling so emotional while she wanted to write, new ways to connect to her mother, new ways to learn the story of her mother's upbringing because she really did not know the oppression her mother had gone through. She really never would have known these stories probably unless her mother had this sickness and had this deathbed that she lived on for several months until she passed. In a very odd way, my client came to feel that those months were a certain gift to her and to her mother because they talked to each other in a way that they had never really talked to each other before. This was a way that she met opposition and challenge as a writer. She took herself off the deadline of these stories have to be written during my mother's life. She took herself off of the commitment that there were absolute certain stories she had to get out of her mother and instead chose to show up and be present and invite her mother to talk to her and to share whatever she wanted to share. And as a writer, there's a lot of freedom when you don't have to get a particular story, but you're invited to just show up and listen and see how the story unfolds and to see how you might answer a certain calling to share a story and maybe to share one you didn't expect. Coming back to my writing coach, Robert Holden, one of the things he says about facing any challenges or oppositions in our lives so that we continue to feel like we're moving forward in the story of our life, he says, make sure you make time to reflect 
and I can't tell you how much that has served me. I can remember that there were days when I would walk into the college classroom and I would feel, oh, just a, just kind of nervous that I was having a review day. And I was doing it because I didn't expect students to remember everything and I, I really wanted to give them a chance to go over questions again, to work in groups, to revisit the things they had started but maybe not finished, to be guided a little deeper. To me, there was value in it, but it was embarrassing sometimes when I would say, we're going to have a review day today, and it would be, oh, God, I could have slept in. <laughs> you know, they would they would say things that would embarrass me, like it would make me feel like I wasn't a good teacher because I was... I was valuing review, but I wasn't sure how to tell them to value review. So I can't tell you how relieved I was when my coach, Robert, said, you know, always make time to reflect. Always make sure that you go back and you not only write in your journal, but you read the journal. You read the wisdom you're putting down, that you don't just use it as only a dumping ground but you use it as a place that you go to because you trust there's wisdom there. There's wisdom in those moments that you decided to spend just with your journal. You know it exists. So that said, I just want to remind you of a few things from a recent show about momentum. Because We are talking about standing strong when opposition is in front of us, when gossip starts to bite us in the tailbone, when jealousy seems to be in our face, when we're feeling jealous ourselves. All those times can really dig into our success and our failure to envision what's next. But what I want to encourage you to do is to remember that you have a vision. You have a vision of what you want to experience in your life, the stories that you want to create with people. You have a vision of what you want to write. You have a calling to get it down on paper. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to think about the fact that you are making promises. And by making promises to yourself, you are outlasting your opposition. I want you to remember that sometimes the opposition is in your head, right? It's those voices of the, the mean teacher, the guardian, the ill-intended uncle or aunt, the parent, whoever it was that never meant to cause harm, but something they said got into your mind and it's stuck there. and It's causing you challenge and causing you opposition. It's causing you to think that the story you're living or the story you're writing doesn't matter as much as you originally thought it did. And I just want to tell you, that's false news. 
You have to outstand this opposition. You have to see it as a challenge you will meet. So as you finish up 2019, and as you move into 2020, get really clear, what are the things you're going to say yes to as you finish up the year? And what are the things you've learned about where you know it behooves you to say no? And sometimes the way of saying no when you're faced with competition, gossip, any kind of challenge, anyone in your face, is to just say, that's very interesting, or, oh, I see, okay. To give yourself time to think and to give themselves the opportunity to back off of that fight. Because really, oftentimes, if you can remember this, people are picking a fight with you because they have a fight going on inside of themselves. You don't have to get in there. You don't have to be that person that is taken down while they're on some high learning curve. You have your own oppositions in your mind, and you have your own desire to withstand these challenges and to move forward and to grow. And you can do this by being strong with your yes and strong with your no. I can't stress enough, it doesn't matter if you're living the story of your life. It doesn't matter if you're writing a story, a book, a blog, a brand. It does not matter. Story is story. It's up to you to stand strong in it, to meet it, to put forth where your yeses are, and to know when is it important to say no, to back away. This is how you withstand opposition. So my dear friends, I wish you the best as you enjoy this holiday season or the replay out of season. These are review cycles that you can use any time of year. I'll be back with you next Thursday for a new topic. Until then, namaste, my friends. Thank you.